This is Konzenshu, the podcast, episode 339 for the week of July 14th, 2013. What up, us? Welcome to a Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Konzenshu. That's right. We cover anything and everything, and for sure, this episode, Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. That's right. My name is Mike Vegito E to the X. Joining me across the internet, across an ocean, not wearing a shirt. I cannot see lower than that. I place faith in you that you are wearing underwear on the show. Julian. Well, it's really hot here, and I just got out of the shower. So um, I'm doing my best without air conditioning since we are recording. I do. Have hey, the I'm not open. making the judgment call. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's just the two of us this episode. How you doing, man? I was getting ready to take the actual driving portion of the driving test. And it's ah, coming yes. up this week on Tuesday. Oh, How boy. you feeling? Uh, I think I can handle it. But um, everybody's telling me I have to be really obvious with the way that I check my mirrors and Oh, yeah, you were telling me. You kind of got to like over-exaggerate all of your, yes, I am checking this mirror and like shake it a bit and put it into place. Yes, like purposefully get their attention and make sure they're watching you do it. Uh, Because they they can fail you immediately if they feel you're not being cautious enough. So I'm, I'm hoping I pass that. Because uh, otherwise, I'm just going to have my wife drive in Okinawa and sort of maybe one hand on the steering wheel to help her right. out. You know. <laughs> oh. my, I, sh- I should say uh, my wife, she has a driver's license, but she has not driven since she got the driver's license. So, Oh, my why. goodness. All right. So <laughs> we'll let you be in charge if you are the more experienced driver at this point. Right. Well, it's great. It's great to have you here. Uh, Monday is a holiday for you, right? That's correct. It's Marine Day, which celebrates, um, I think it had something to do with the Meiji Emperor and going to sea or something. It's, it's a holiday. It's a Monday off. Well, that does tie in with our episode this week because uh, I was a little confused. I didn't realize it was a holiday. I'm like, how do you have Weekly Jump already? Because it comes out on Mondays. But you said to me that when the holiday falls on a Monday, they release it on the previous Saturday. That's correct. And it is officially released on Saturday. It used to be back in the days when Jump was released on Tuesdays, like when Dragon Ball was still in serialization. Mm -hmm. The official release date would always be a Tuesday. Right. So it's just kind of like a soft release. If they had it, they'd put it out a couple days before. Yeah. And plus distribution networks weren't quite as uh, solidified the way they were. They do still note that different regions may have different official Mm -hmm. release dates. But sure, it sure. doesn't mean as much anymore. But that's what uh, I was I was talking about it with Greg uh, back at the end of last year because I translated this stuff from the Dragon Ball Children things. And right. there were people talking about how they'd always get Jump the first day of the school week. And I think, wait, that's Monday. Jump came out on Tuesdays back then. Mm-hmm. But that's just because they had it, so they put it out. Gotcha. Getting back to this, yep, it's a holiday, so early jump. Yeah, and it ties in uh, really well this week because there is something significant in jump this week. And uh, it's kind of funny. We just assumed that this new thing was going to be um, day and date in English because Viz did announce it as well. But you kind of lucked out and <laughs> you got it two days early. That's right. 
That's pretty nice. So uh, this episode, our topic is kind of going to be this introduction to Ginga Patrolu Jaco. It's a new series, if you want to call it that. We're looking at probably only about one tankobone length, right? Uh, probably. Um, the official numbering of the chapter, and this is very strange, is... We'll get to it. It's like 10 plus 1, right? Right. And But I, I should say, though, it's not just Viz calling it Jaco the Galactic Patrolman. It's actually written in English... Oh, it is. Okay. On the title page. Gotcha. Because yes. I think we only had the Japanese text uh, yes. in those early leaks. But yes. that's well, good. Well, Shueisha is really pimping out the fact that this is a simultaneous release across um, oh, they are. countries. On this, this page here, they have a note at the bottom that it's available in English in seven countries, including the U.S. and Canada. Check out this website, which links to Viz. You're showing me. It's not that anyone can see this right now. But well, yes, but you can see it. I can. I'm so explaining this to you. Take a little picture of it. We'll put it up with this episode. So that's oh, okay. what we're going to talk about. And Julian, the reason we're talking about it, it's not that, oh, we got nothing to talk about. Let's, because we do Toriyama stuff, jump on it before anyone else. It's There might be a Dragon Ball connection here. Maybe. We, we really have no idea at this point, but there are some significant hints involved there are so that's going to be our topic julian we're not going to do it manga review of awesomeness style we'll just have you give us a little introduction to it because everyone's going to read it on monday if you're listening to this show there's a good possibility especially the way that uh viz has expanded their digital weekly jump that you can check it out on monday so that's what we'll do but we got news and other stuffage so let's jump right into it So speaking of Viz and manga and announcements, we did get one significant announcement out of Anime Expo. Nothing out of Funimation. Uh, Funimation was streaming their panel, so I was sitting there at the kitchen table. Uh, whatever time their panel was over here on the East Coast is about dinner time. And I'm like, do I sit and watch it? Or do I go get dinner? Ugh, I'll sit and watch it. And then I got to the end and nothing happened for Dragon Ball, so it kind of sucked. But we did get something from Viz. Viz during their panel, and they tweeted about this as well announced that they will be putting out the full color comics as a print edition starting in February 2014. Now, if you have not been keeping up, Viz did debut the full color comics. What, Julian, you got as a print version from Shueisha, starting yes. with the Cyan arc. Viz has been doing digital only in their digital weekly Shonen Jump over here in North America and abroad, but they have announced they will be doing a print version of that. This is tough to keep track of. Yeah, I mean, different releases going on at the same time in diff different countries, different companies. I mean, it's good that this stuff is getting out faster, but mm, um, yeah. it's a lot to keep track of. It's especially over in our manga guide. I know Heath did a, a bang-up job trying to uh, note all of the full-color comics and then the digital Tonkobone versions, keeping in mind that there's black-and-white versions as well as full-color versions. Yes, and they have different chapter numberings between them. <laughs> they do. And I was like, well, this one is both digital and print in certain ways. Anyway, so what we have, ANN did cover the panel, so uh, the best information we have is them starting on February 4th in 2014 for $20 a pop. And they did say that the size is going to be uh, larger than their regular manga size, about the size of an American graphic novel. Now, Julian, we've 
just come off, we talked about it last episode, Viz's new 3-in-1 release, the cheap release. So now we're getting this sort of premium manga release of the Z era from Viz. Is this the last chance to get something worthy of the Kanzenbun style uh, steam? I don't know. How are you feeling about this? Well, I don't know. Because, I mean, on the one hand, the Kanzenbun really privileges Toriyama's own artwork above yeah, all yeah. else. Right. And, this, and the Full Color Comics is really very much an interpretation of that art. Mm. It's taking it and making something different out of it. So I, I don't really equate those as the same thing. I think it's a, certainly a chance to for them to show that they're capable of making a competent release without any major fuck-ups. So, <laughs> and this is Julian saying this. I want everyone to know, Julian, on record, he wants to see Viz not fuck it up. Yes. But given the recent track record, I wouldn't be surprised if they accidentally printed it in black and white. (laughs) So this has been saying that stuff in the Digital Weekly Jump, which includes uh, the full color comics, the Raditz science stuff onward, is not edited. And that's true with the exception of Mr. Popo's lips. But we kind of let that slide with modern sensibilities. We kind of understand that one. But Julian, the translation is exactly the same as it's always been. And I don't know if you've checked it out, but the typesetting, which apparently... Apparently yes. Shoeisha's doing is terrible, and that's not going to work in print. I don't understand who decided that Optima Nova, slightly condensed, would make a good lettering font for a comic. Oh, it's awful. I, I, I'm who to design that font? Her- Hermann Zapf? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of where we stand. Uh, I'm really hoping that they give the typeset uh, uh, an appropriate relook at that point. But then, Julian, we get back into the same translation issues plague all of Viz's English translation. It's Jake has always assigned Funimation subtitles from Steve Simmons, an arbitrary 9 out of 10. Viz, an arbitrary 7 out of 10. Seems about what you and I would give it probably as well. Um, I'd say so. Viz, for the most part, when they're working to do an accurate translation, they're fine. It's pretty good, But yeah. sometimes they just come out of left field with these bizarre replacement jokes. And there's this one instance, which I think we've talked about on here before, is that they very early on, they actually took pot shots at the Funimation dub at the time. We just talked about it last episode, so I don't want to repeat it. But yeah. uh, because this is the Cyan arc that they're doing here, it's especially relevant because they're replacing legitimate lines and inserting stuff that wasn't there. And Yeah. All right. So let's leave this behind. Uh, we will attack it yet again, Raditz, in February. <laughs> we'll do a full review of Viz's print edition of the full color comics because previously we had only done, uh, you, you did a quick look of the Japanese version. I did a quick look of the uh, Viz translation. So we will get back to that again. Julian, I want to take you over to Europe here. This yeah. is one of those, uh, I, someone posted it in the thread. It was like, oh man, I missed a news story from a couple months ago. And then I went down the rabbit hole of looking at Toei Europe site and following links. It's like, oh my God. There was some really cool stuff going on this last weekend. So the first thing that caught my attention was that um, Helvy 2000, I guess, had acquired merchandising rights for Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Uh, and mm. under this brand, they were going to be putting out uh, men's T-shirts for designs that are going to launch in spring and summer collection for 2013. I did check out their website. It doesn't look like there's anything there yet, but I did see one response on the forum that someone said they picked it up in stores. So maybe these shirts are starting to get out there. That's interesting in and of itself however then apparently goku and friends the entire dragon ball franchise were special guests at the kumiyama summer ski and snowboard competition in france 
last <laughs> week. And you're like, okay, what does that mean? How are Goku and friends guests at it? In the French Alps. Yes, in the French Alps. <laughs> well, I mean, you go back to DBZ Movie 2. Uh, they, they were hanging out in the snow, maybe a little bit Movie 7. Goku and friends have been in guess. glaciers and stuff before anyway uh if you check out the pictures here you've got people uh jumping over shenlong's head uh it looks like maybe one of the menus had some dragon ball inspired things then there's another picture of uh goku and piccolo hanging out and kind of these costumed folks and foam three-dimensional figure things hanging out there it, it looks just huh. like this branding opportunity thing that they had going on over there i'm not familiar with kumiya but it did seem to be a lot of Japanese folks over there as opposed to French folks. I mean, it looked like there were some Europeans there, but I saw a lot of Asian faces. Well, you know, in this day and age, I wouldn't be surprised if it's an international competition that there'd be a lot of people from other countries. Yeah, I suppose. And I mean, is there a lot of snowboarding and skiing going on in Japan? I mean, what do you have if someone's interested in snowboarding? Where in Japan would they go? You'd go to the Japanese Alps. I know that's an amazingly um, <laughs> okay. unique naming there. So, you know, Gifu, Nagano, that area. And you oh, can right. go up to Hokkaido. Furano is very famous as a ski area. But So is uh, it that they would yeah. mostly want to travel international or is it, well, you're not really a snowboarder. I was going to say, is it good enough there? But Well, I mean, I guess the skiing is decent in Japan, but I'm assuming if you really want to make a name for yourself, you'd want to yeah. go international. So we uh, put up a couple pictures from their website and their Facebook page, and you can follow those links for even more. It looks spectacular. And then in addition to that, I thought I was done with this update. Like, oh, no, there's more. APO announced a limited edition Dragon Ball Z snowboard for the winter line, which they did uh, have on hand for fans to preview there at Kumiyama. So you can check it out. One side's got uh, Dragon Ball and APO underneath, and then the other side is uh, Dragon Ball characters. Uh, familiar artwork. I, I know a lot of this from title pages, um, that cell image in particular, and then some more recent key artwork, it looks like. So it's kind of fun. If you're into snowboarding, get a Dragon Ball Z snowboard. Julian, thoughts at all? Anything? Do I have to take up snowboarding now? Uh, I think you have to. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll work on it. Julian, let's keep it international. Latin America, you're all up on this. This is another yeah. one of those falling down the rabbit hole of links. So, yeah, out of curiosity, I went back to uh, Diamond Films Mexico's official um, Facebook page. Not the many ones purporting to be official, but the actual official one for the release in Mexico. And it's I saw. It's tough to tell. Yeah. Hey, they've got a release date. And I started going to all the different Diamond Films pages on Facebook. They got four for uh, not only Mexico, but also Argentina, Peru, and Chile. Wait, they've all got release dates. So uh, I sort of compiled them together. And so if you are living in Central and South America, well, I guess Mexico is actually North America, um, North Central America. Anyway, Argentina, it will be the 19th of September. Peru, Battle of Gods will be coming your way in on the 26th and in Mexico the day after that on the 27th and in Chile will be coming on the 10th of October so if you're one of the many Latin American fans and you're lucky enough to be living in one of these countries you'd be marking this date down on your calendar um on by by the way I actually I saw somewhere but uh NeoVision the Hong Kong company yes moving away from Latin America has also officially now revealed the release of Battle of Gods in Hong Kong as the 15th of August. So it's yeah. no longer just the word of some person I talked to on the phone. <laughs> right. 
I did see that. Someone put up on Facebook, hey, it's confirmed. I'm like, yeah, I know. Julian confirmed it. <laughs> yes, but now now they've officially announced it as they've well. They've gone so. public with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I did want to talk about the poster image that we put up. Uh, I look at it and it looks a little fan made. And some other folks are saying, hey, that looks really cool, but it looks kind of fan made. We pulled this directly off one of the official pages. So yeah. it's either a case of, yes, it's official or one of those they got fooled into thinking it was official and took it themselves. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, that's the thing. There's all these pages purporting to be the official page, and then there's the official page, which looks like it could be a fan page. I mean, the only real reason we know it's official is because Diamond Films Mexico links to it, and they've got all these movie announcements of non-Dragon Ball things that fans wouldn't care about. So we're pretty sure that they're the real thing. Right, and they'll put things up around the same time, so it's clearly a coordinated effort there. Yeah. So that's great. Uh, Again, Philippines, I think it's August 15th, and Hong Kong, August 15th, 14th, 15th, something like that. Um, Still nothing in North America, still waiting, still hoping. We will absolutely let you know if and when something is announced that will be front and center, don't worry about it. Um, Julian, a couple last news stories. One little one, the usual one, week in, week out, Dragon Ball Heroes Ultimate Mission, the 19th week sales. This is the period July 1st to July 7th. The game pushed another 3,732 copies. It's back on the Media Create sales list, although it did uh, dip a little bit in sales from around 4,000 last week. So dropped maybe around 250 copies. Yeah, but it's still keeping on. It is. It's, uh, according to Media Create, about 220,000 total copies, which isn't this overwhelming success but it's extremely strong especially the long tail we're looking at for ultimate mission yeah um so we'll keep on keeping on along with the sales as it uh continues there yeah i mean considering you're looking at you know a subset of japanese boys who care about these card games probably mostly people who also play the game in real life so right right you know within that restricted demographic i think It's probably doing pretty well. And we talked about that. It's like the semi-incestuous relationship where the 3DS game is keeping the arcade game afloat and vice versa and just all the continued support everyone's tossing into it. The only thing I I do want to continue to mention is we've never seen a Dragon Ball game. I mean, I don't want to say never, but in my memory, make it to 19 weeks on a sales chart. Usually it's first week, great. Second week, drop. Third week, you're lucky if it's still on the top 20, then that's it. We're at 19 weeks here. And I mean, it did drop away for a week or two, but it came back strong. Yeah. But it's, it's been there for four months. Yeah. So, Julian, let's wrap it up with the last very major news story, which is going to tie in with our topic as well. Earlier this year, Viz jumped on the, uh, I mean, they had their Shonen Jump Alpha for a while, which was two week delayed. And then they made the day and date jump with uh, in bed with Shueisha for coming out every Monday, their version of Weekly Shonen Jump to digital platforms. So you're talking about your mobile devices, you can read on a computer, tablets, phones, etc. Shueisha's doing it themselves now. I mean, they've had their Jump bookstore, but now they are. Weekly Jump. Get it digital yes uh it's being put out through the jump bookstore app uh and that's uh accessible if you have a japanese account which requires either a japanese credit card or japanese gift card for the itunes store uh on ios anyway right i mean there are other platforms i'm i think it's on like nook and some of the other stuff as well but uh, that's true so yeah so if you can access any of those uh with a japanese account then you would be able to get not only jump day and date, but actual Shonen Jump. Now, it, uh, the article that we saw does mention that the physical, any physical bonuses that would come with the magazine will obviously not be included. But they are in- including little bonus things. In fact, the uh, the current issue, the very first issue 
for this release is coming with um, Cross Epic, which is the uh, crossover chapter between Akira Toriyama and Eiichiro Oda with characters from both Dragon Ball and One Piece in a sort of fantasy setting that's neither of those two series. Oh my god, but Julian, what year was that? Was that 2006? I, I think, think it was. so. I have a copy of the thing that it was originally in. I do too, and actually I think it had slight, I don't want to say water damage, but I think it was in a humid room, unfortunately, so I have it um, pinned between heavy boxes to try and flatten it back out again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, it'd be nice to have a, a nice, clean digital copy of that. Yeah, yeah. Now, Julian, let me ask you, is yeah. this crossover in the print edition this week? No, it's just not. Ah, it's not. So they are really trying to entice you to check out the digital version. That they are. So this is all, I think, um, really, we've really seen Shueisha jump on the digital bandwagon recently. And I think... <laughs> that that pun was heavily intended, right? Yeah. Okay. They they realize that this is how they're going to survive in the future and that they have to do something. I mean, and we're, we're already at the point anyway where, I mean, stuff is pirated two, three, sometimes five days ahead of time just because it has to be done and into the distribution channel. So you've got, I mean, even scanlations a few days ahead of the physical release in Japan. So if they can wean their yeah. way over to digital only, and that's it is going to be digital only at some point in the future, they've effectively cut off that pirate channel. I mean, I'm yes. sure there's always going to be a way that someone can leak out um, some of the yeah. digital copies, but it would never be as widespread if they can go digital only. Uh, and I think that's a very positive thing for them. Yeah, and it, it really annoys me with the piracy sometimes. You get these people sending me a message on on uh, the forums going, oh my god, can you check this out? There's something in Jump. And like, that doesn't come out for another three or four days. Uh, my, my biggest gripe is a new scan was released. I'm like, Ugh. No, somebody found or they got a copy of the magazine early. They scanned the pages and they leaked them online, which is illegal. Yes, I, I at least buy the physical copy of the magazine. Us old people get off our high horse here. Uh, Julian, what else is there to say about how much is Weekly Jump in print and how much is the digital version? Uh, yes, so the actual physical Weekly Shonen Jump and... I see you looking at it. You don't even know how much you paid for it. <laughs> it was 250 yen. Yes, but the digital edition is 300 yen, which is a bit... Really? I'm not going to say disappointing, but... Um, I'm hoping that they'll eventually really? decide to maybe bring down the price to entice more people to That's get it. That's insane that the digital version is more expensive than the print edition. I mean, yeah, I guess you're getting a premium product in some ways and you got the extra crossover in there. I mean, Viz is 99 cents and you can do a year for, I think, 26 bucks, 52 issues, 51, yeah. depending on like holidays, I think. And, and in that respect, I think um, it's a little bit behind the curve. But that's Japan, man. Yeah. Huh. So what is your plan going forward? I mean, um, you weren't always picking up every weekly jump, but especially around Battle of Gods, we had the Toriyama Q&A and just other, especially now with uh, Jocko in here. What's your plan going forward? Are you going to be just digital, just print, combination of both, maybe both just for now? What do you think? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to be getting the physical copy of the magazine just because I have a habit of doing that. But I suppose uh, for archival purposes, it might be nice to have the digital copy so I don't have these piles of magazines in a, a room that my wife is going to be yelling at me to throw away. Yeah, and then every couple months you send me a $50 package of here's two months worth of jump. 
story. Uh, now, the only thing I'm not quite sure about is whether this is going to, from now on, be a weekly thing. Because this is the 45th anniversary issue of Jump. Mm. So it could just be a commemorative thing. I hope this is their serious foray into doing it every week. But there's always a chance that it's a one-time thing because sometimes companies in Japan can be stupid like that. Well, we'll check on that, but it sounds like it is. Especially in recent history, Japanese corporations seem to have a way of grasping defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, anyway. Uh, Nintendo, anyone? All right, so, yeah, Julian, <laughs> uh, that's a great segue into what we're going to talk about right now, which is a little bit Jacko here, a little bit Dragon Ball maybe, we're hoping. So, Julian, this is a new, let's call it a series, because it's going to be more than one chapter, a la Kintoki from a couple of years ago, which was just the one chapter for, uh, what was that published in? I can't even remember. That was 2010, so that was not the 40th anniversary. That was kind of in between. What event yeah, was that? Yeah, it, um, it was just a thing. Uh, what was it? Was it published in Jump Square or a different one? Uh, yeah, I don't think it was. I think it was just Jump. a sort of collaboration. You know, sometimes Katsura and Toriyama get together and something happens. Yeah, and Everyone goes off and writes something and then jumps like, yay, we have new Toriyama stuff here. So this is, uh, let's call it a series because we're looking at, uh, well, we'll get to that. L let's start with how it started. Like we were talking about earlier, everything's always leaked ahead of time. Uh, Weekly Jump 31 was promoting a new comic coming from Toriyama, which would be coming in two weeks time, which was Weekly Jump 33, which is where we are at now. Uh, and then Viz came on board and said, yep, we're going to have it in English too. It's going to be a global simultaneous release, Japanese and in English. Julian, the Japanese title we got was... Ginga Patrol Jako. Now, if you didn't have an official English title for it, what would you do with that? Sort of like Galaxy Patrol Jako or Gal Galaxy Policeman or something like that. But in fact, it comes with an official English translation built in even in the Japanese Shonen Jump, which is Jocko the Galactic Patrolman. So it just goes to show how much they're trying to basically sync up the Japanese and English releases, I think. It's a big deal that this is um, being simultaneously published in English. And even on the third page, they have a blurb at the bottom uh, that says, Jocko the Galactic Patrolman is available in English in seven countries, including America and Canada. Check it out. And it links to Viz's Shonen Jump site. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, Julian, just one more time. You said Jocko the... Galactic Patrolman. Patrolman. Okay, yeah, that is what Viz has. So, yeah, it... Well, for one thing, they don't have to edit the art if the English title's already there. <laughs> right. Now, we'll get into what we're curious about with possible Dragon Ball connections. Um, everyone's going to be able to read this Monday, but can you give us this brief overview? First chapter, what is Jocko about? Uh, well, okay, there's this um, basically galactic patrolman, I guess you could say. He works for the galactic police organization, and he kind of ends up crashing on the Earth because he wasn't paying attention, and he kind of bounced off the moon. Anyway, he crashes into the ocean next to this island where only one old man lives who... Oh, really? Is it Kamezenin? No. He's this old guy with a scar over one eye and a, must a mustache and just a little bit of hair on his head. He seems to... he's He tends to the grave of his wife and he's working on this mysterious experiment or something that he keeps calling a failure. And as it goes on, 
well, he sees the ship crash, sees the alien come ashore, and they introduce themselves to each other, and basically the alien decides to stay with the old guy, and he gives a little bit of his backstory, the old guy, I should say, and that there was some sort of time travel project that was a disastrous failure that ended up killing his wife. Hmm. So, interesting shades of something there. And, um, yeah, it's interesting to see where this goes, but it's very much sort of a setting up of the situation and the characters, and where do they go from here? We'll find out next time. But in it's interesting to note, however, that uh, the alien here seems to be very ambivalent about humans, and this man is very, um, the old man is very sort of, um, he's very misanthropic. He hates people. He thinks people don't deserve to live. So Jaco takes out this device and says, well, uh, I could press this button and kill all the humans on Earth. Hmm, but really? he, he decides maybe that's not actually necessary. So maybe he has a good heart underneath all of the bitterness there all right so that's kind of this this first chapter um i mean we'll get to these yes. connections how'd you feel about the chapter just general thoughts um well it's mostly set up uh I've, i felt like there were there were criticisms from some other people who i'm not going to you know needle them about where they're getting their source that you know standard toriyama affair or that nothing happens well you know it's a setup it doesn't <laughs> have throw you, you into read the dragon ball before yeah and i think um i don't know uh, it's very much, uh, well, where do they go from here? We'll find out. It's too early to say exactly where it's going. I kind of enjoy the sort of mm, feel that I get from this. I know Toriyama's not big on giving people emotions, but mm-hmm. I sense uh, a sort of deep sense of um, regret in this okay. old guy. And I, I have a... I have a pretty clear sense of what he's doing with his continued failures and what he wants, but um, that will probably become more clear over time. All right. Well, let's start tying this into other things we've heard and we're reading here. Uh, I've never checked it out, but apparently Fizz has an English Shonen Jump branded podcast they put on. Uh, someone noted that uh, on the show, they said that it might have some kind of connection with Dragon Ball and didn't really make it clear there. It's like, okay, that's something. Uh, Julian, can you tell me about the numbering on the, I don't want to call it the front, but I guess the, the title page of Jocko here? Yes. So the chapter numbering is given as 1 over 10 plus 1. So I interpret that as chapter 1 out of 10 plus a bonus or something. I don't know. I guess Mm -hmm. we'll have to see what that means. But interestingly enough, directly below it, it says DB-11. DB. Now, uh, on the forums, K17, uh, always the intrepid fan, had this... uh, hypothesis that perhaps that's not a dash maybe it's a minus sign maybe that actually means that this is a prequel to dragon ball dragon ball minus 11 so are we saying if you want to start combining these and again this is all us fan theorizing here all right if it's 10 plus 1 and dragon ball minus 11 do they work forward and backward collectively into what may be this plus one, maybe crossoverish explanationish chapter that ties them together? I don't know. I, I mean, we don't know yet. It's I suppose <laughs> right? anything is really possible. But it's interesting to note 
that when Jocko is describing the reason that he is where he is right now, mm-hmm. um, the radar at headquarters picked up or the launch of a ship of, from a planet of evil aliens. So when he calculated their route and speed, he, it was determined that three days later at 10 a.m., it would arrive uh, at around that area on Earth. And okay, evil aliens. That sounds kind of familiar. Could it be one alien or several aliens? I don't know. I don't know that we know what time Raditz landed. We know that Vegeta and Nappa landed uh, about quarter past 11 the morning that they arrived. But there are plenty of other aliens that arrive in the series. I mean, Frieza and King Cold did arrive during the daytime. Yeah. That was, well, uh, what time were the Gene Zonigan supposed to arrive? Well, they're not really aliens, and Frieza was well before them, so. I don't remember anymore. Was it 9 (laughs) o'clock? I need to check the manga again. Uh, 1920, I think it was 10 a.m., a little after 10 a.m. But we'll see. I mean, it specifically says, though, he's got, it's his uh, mission to come to Earth and protect the Earthlings by defeating the alien or aliens on board this vessel Hmm. so but it's interesting to note there is actually a galaxy police or a cosmic police organization in the universe of dragon ball yeah but they're also really weak yes they they don't have the power to oppose people like frieza and the science and who is this galactic police organization we don't know because they never show up in the series okay then Uh, how do we know this exists uh, because in the Daizenshu, Daizenshu 4, they are mentioned. And Daizenshu 4 was made with the input, although not the direct actual oversight of Akira Toriyama. So, is that official? Well, we it's there. Mm-hmm. It's, this could tie in with this. Uh, it's also interesting to note that um, Jaco, yes. while he seems to think it's a quite fitting name for a med- member of the um, proud police organization of the galaxy... In Japanese, it literally means like um, Jaco. Jaco is like the kind of tiny fish that you use for bait, and as mm. slang, it kind of means like a small timer or a small fry. Somebody who, in a given area, is so insignificant as to not even be worth notice. Huh. So, well, if the Galaxy Police are really that pathetic, it's quite a fitting name. Huh. Now, how do you feel about all of this stuff? Is it we're reaching, we're looking for things that exist that don't exist? Well, I don't know. I mean, there is one comment given in the table of contents. Uh, okay. We've mentioned this on the podcast and on the website before, but every issue um, of Jump comes with comments by the authors of each manga in the table of contents. And Akira Toriyama's comments for this chapter of Jaco the Galactic Patrolman say, So the content has a bit of a dated feel, but if you read to the end, you'll understand why. So, so he's teasing us here. He, he, we're, we're being prodded from all these different directions to look for something. Yes. So, you know, is... Is there a connection? They certainly seem to be hinting that there is something there. And, well, you know, what else are the kids who read Jump every <laughs> week going to know? And I we've mean, talked about this so much. I mean, Toriyama's involvement with Battle of Gods seemed to have pushed him beyond the begrudgingly doing artwork into the, I'm getting just enough involved here 
as the original author to enjoy what I'm doing and happily hand off the final work to other people. But to be able to say, this is what this character should look like. This is the kind of thing they should say. Everything we've read from him has been happy over the last year. Yeah, it really it really feels like he's decided to, I guess you could say, take ownership of his work. Mm, and yeah. in that previously, he was fine with letting the people do whatever, but um, after the debacle that was Dragon Ball Evolution, um, he decided, well, maybe he should have a little more input. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, if this really does have a tie-in with Dragon Ball. It's a way for him to do something else, something different, and yet have it connect to the stuff that he's already done. Yeah. Now, Julian, I have to ask, if this does end up tying in with Dragon Ball, because it's from the pen of the original author himself, is this a canon? If it fires projectiles, then yes. Um, Do you care? Because I sure don't. Um, as to whether it constitutes the true history of Dragon Ball, well, I guess if you wanted to. I don't know. We don't <laughs> know right. what happens yet. Right, we don't We only know. have the first chapter. <laughs> We're probably 10 chapters away from forming uh, complete thoughts here. Um, so I'm excited to check this out. Yeah, um, I think it's worth a look. I mean, it's only the first chapter, so, you know, as I've said repeatedly, we don't know what happens. But it's the start of something that could potentially be very interesting. So I think what we'll do is uh, if we get any more hints toward Dragon Ball along the way over these next couple of months, we will, of course, address it during the news portion of our show and on the website. We'll all be checking it out every Monday uh, if we can, if it follows a weekly schedule, as we're hoping it will through and through. And then at the end, uh, I think regardless, if it is tied in with Dragon Ball, we'll make it a regular edition of Consensu the podcast. We'll do a you know big manga guide edition, wherever it needs to go, all that. And if it does not end up tying to Dragon Ball, well, we've been following it along the way. I guess we'll do a bonus episode covering the entire thing at the end. So regardless yes. of what happens, it's good content for us. Oh, and you know what? I think I might have just found another hint. Okay. So uh, this big thing here is that it's you've got this cover with Jocko the Galactic Patrolman front and center. Right. But there's a note at the bottom of the page. Now, are you looking at the cover of Jump for the title page? What are you looking at? The cover of Jump. There's a, a note at the bottom of the cover page that says, if you read this page with an AR which is something reality. Augmented uh, reality? Uh, augmented reality app. That legendary hero will appear. And between, after that legendary hero and before appear, there's a certain person going, os, uh-huh. to somebody, the top of somebody's head. So maybe I will try downloading this augmented reality app and um, taking a look. Let's do this right now. We're going to keep recording. Let's do this. So, Julian, we've just sat and gone through this process. You've done the augmented reality. You've pointed it at the cover of Jump, and you saw some animation. Give me a rundown. What just happened? So, you point the phone's camera at the front of the magazine, and things start moving in the background around Jaco. And suddenly, all these different characters start flying at you. And then you get a black background, and you get more characters from things like Gintama and... Toriko and Naruto and you get Luffy flying up with a burning fist until finally Jako flies away and in the center of all the other characters Goku appears with a 
number 45 on his dogi, and you get this um, word balloons that say, thanks for 45 years, and here's to more. So is this a tie between the things, or is it just this cool, fun promotional thing? Well, it, it I guess on the surface, it's just a cool, fun promotional thing, and obviously Akira Toriyama seems like, you know, your go-to guy if you have a jump celebration since he is one of the people responsible for lots of success in jump and as well as inspiring a lot of the people who are in the magazine right now it is an interesting thing that you know he has this serial starting this issue and hey here's goku that's the little ar experience so we're pretty much uh done with this we just got to keep reading every week right uh basically yeah but that was pretty cool that was fun. That was fun. We'll put up uh, this picture here along with the podcast episode. So we're going to bring this podcast episode to a close. The only thing I want to mention is uh, I do want to thank everyone that has donated over the last couple months. I have updated uh, the entire donation page named months for people. Uh, if you did donate recently, you don't see your name. You're going to be on the next month there. Uh, but we are kind of plowing through what kind of backup funds we do have. We would love to see more come in just to uh, keep the server running tip top shape as it has been. Thanks to Heath recoding everything. But of course, your donations keep things running smoothly. Uh, you haven't had any errors on the website lately. Everything's been awesome. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Julian, thank you for joining me. This was three, a three, a nine of Kan Zen Shu Zapodcasto. Yes. Uh, and as always, you can find us on the internet at www.kanzenshu.com and on Facebook and on Twitter and on Tumblr with the cats. Uh, I no longer see you. Are you laying down? What are you doing? Uh, no, I'm actually trying to take another picture. Because <laughs> okay. if you aim, in, in this issue, if you aim it at the logo of a particular comic, you get a little extra image that floats on top. So I'm oh, trying to okay. get the image that comes with... Jocko the Galactic Patrolman. Okay, I thought you just went invisible. Oh, uh, no, I'm, I'm over here. It was <laughs> yeah. just a place where I wouldn't get glare from the light. <laughs> oh, there he is. All right. Okay. So, for Julian over there doing all the hard work augmenting his reality in Japan, my name is Mike Vegito EX. We'll see you next time here on the show for episode 340. Be sure to check out the site for all the content and the news coming your way. Julian, wrap it up. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of... Konzenshu the podcast. Check us again when I'm having fun with this crazy little app here. This is He's really cool. very distracted. He's just looking at his phone.